The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies. Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media, and our guest today is Sarah Croak. She's the founder of Weather or Not, which is the Midwest's leader in weather risk management. Some of their clients include corporations like Boeing and Commerce Bank and entities like KCP&L and KCI Airport, along with the Royals, Sporting KC, and numerous other municipalities and school and outdoor recreational venues. Now, Sarah is also actively involved with the American Public Works Association, the Emergency Management Think Tank, Metropolitan Emergency Management Committee, Hillsburg Entrepreneurial Committee, or Hillsburg Entrepreneurial Mentoring Program, and numerous other committees and organizations throughout the Kansas City area. And the thing about it is that we're very excited to have her here today at the start of spring season to tell us a little bit about what makes her business different than a lot of the meteorologists that you hear on television, uh, why if uh, you are a business owner, you should have an emergency management and emergency preparedness plan in place, and also what about these outdoor events that we all are going to be going to as the weather warms up. So welcome to the show today, Sarah. Thank you, Kelly. Great to be here. One of the things that I think would be of interest to our listeners is the uh, work that you do. Tell us about your company. You know, we can all turn on the television or we can all pick up our iPhones or smartphones and get the little app, but tell us about what your company does that's different than those. It's funny. Yesterday afternoon, truly, coincidentally, Someone was chatting with me, heard what I did, and said, well, you know, I listened to the television, and they say it's going to have a 30% chance of snow tomorrow. And while it snows in one part of the city, but it's sunny in the other part of the city, so it's kind of like they're wrong again. That's not really a good evaluation of the TV folks who do a great job. However, it is what keeps weather or not in business, because as we're about to start the largest construction project ever in the history of the state of Kansas Mm -hmm. down there on the Gardner area. Those folks can't be sitting around wondering, is it going to get Gardner or not? Because quite frankly, if you take the amount of money on that project divided by the number of days that project has, then what you're going to discover is that there's about an average of $250,000 worth of work on the line every day. So First of all, shutting down unnecessarily is not an option. And going and working through rain that is too heavy that actually ruins the concrete Mm -hmm. is not an option. And that's why the general contractor on that project, Clarkson Construction, with whom we've been doing business for about 15 years, has said the best advantage they have in using weather or not is they've never had a redo. They've never gotten caught to the point where they have actually had to go back and redo it 
and that is extremely expensive. They can sometimes take a little bit of light rain. That's why they have experts on site sure. to make those decisions when they're coordinating with our meteorologists. We're really like another part of the team mm -hmm. that's keeping an eye on your profits as well as your safety. You, exactly. And if you hadn't said it like that, I was going to follow up because a lot of times people think about the safety involved, but it's really about the profits. I mean, do the Royals have to shut down in the third inning? Is there a chance that if you wait an hour, they're going to be able to come back and get the rest of the game in? You know, and that there's a profitability factor in that too, in addition to all those people who are out there and perhaps exposed to the elements. So both you hit both both of them very nicely there. And you know, you, you said that uh, snow might be forecast, but the app and the television station, the meteorologists there, they have such a wide viewing audience. And that's why they have to give the general forecast. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you can actually pinpoint it to within very specific spots within the city. The Clarkson might have jobs going on all over the city, and they have to close this one down, but they can keep people working on the one, you know, 15 miles away on the other side of town. Exactly. And the same thing goes for, let's say, Kansas City Power and Light. Mm -hmm. They need to know, is this going to affect their folks that are up near the Trenton, Missouri area? Is this going to be a different situation as it's approaching Warrensburg and Sedalia? Is it going to hit the Kansas City area? So they have to understand what is their vulnerability, how many people do they need to keep after, say, 2.30 mm -hmm. or 3 o'clock when they have their shift change. Right. Are they going to need to call in more crews? If it's going to be icy, do they need to call the crews in much earlier than they would physically need them because they have to be able to get them in safe. That's a real big call with public works sure. and with snow removal. They have to be able to get their assets and their people mm -hmm. in place before it gets so bad that people can't move around right. because they not, may not be plowing or removing debris from an area that they have to travel on in order to get to the location of question. Right. So, again, the safety, but, again, the profitability, the overtime uh, that they're going to have to calculate. And then, in, especially in the wintertime, whenever you have to put down the sand or whatever it is that people put down these days, do we go ahead and dump it and, and spend that money? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can help them with. Exactly. And you brought up a really good point when you brought up pinpoint forecasts. One of the problems that came along with apps is the huge misconception that because you put your zip code in, <laughs> that there's somebody somewhere sitting there worrying about your zip code. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many zip codes are in the United States? A computer did that. And the day you start thinking the computer cares about you, oh, please, I can sell you more than just clouds. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've actually had some fun with that myself and uh, typed in numerous zip codes within uh, about a three-state area, and it's very similar forecast. In fact, sometimes it's the exact same one. So I hear you on that one. Well, let's talk. Let's move from... Okay, your company, we talked about how you save various entities uh, money and provide for their safety, but let's, let's bring this down to our listeners' level here. Um, perhaps they're not a big corporation, perhaps they're not a sporting venue. Emergency uh, management, emergency preparedness is something that we probably, as business owners, don't give a lot of thought to on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, we've got other things that are occupying our time and thoughts why is it so important to have 
the emergency plan in place prior to the emergency taking place? I know that seems like an obvious question, but I think people still need to hear it. It's the idea that if there were a fire drill and everybody headed out the door but didn't quite get to the exit, it's a problem Mm -hmm. because people do what they are naturally in tune to do, not what they are trained to do if they have not been trained. Right. That result is what can cost lives. The idea is that, and you know this well, Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you can have that tornado warning and it really does mean you. And what do you say to get people to pay attention? Right. The government is having a really hard time with this. The National Weather Service is focusing on what they call societal impacts. In other words, a way to say a warning or to word or phrase the situation such that people will take action. And the problem is there are so many apps, everybody thinks that they're the forecasters, right? right? Everybody's so much smarter because of their smartphone, she said, tongue-in-cheek. And the fact of the matter is that when lives are on the line, your smartphone isn't smart enough. It's a great quote. When lives are on the line, your smartphone isn't smart enough. I'm quoting Steve Edelman, who is a lawyer in the Arizona area. However, he speaks to large venue managers all over the country. You need more than that. The result is that you have to ask yourself and test well before the emergency, what are my sources that I can trust, that I know have a history of being accurate, not hyping, are timely, and are about the area that I am in. What are those sources I can go to to get a step-by-step emergency plan for a small business? I am not the Sprinter, the DST, or or Wall Street. That you can go to, which would be very helpful, is sba.gov. Right, they have a great... They have a great piece there about emergency preparedness, and they've got all the links because, believe it or not, there really are a few government agencies where they talk to each other. And so the SBA has worked with FEMA and worked with emergency preparedness groups in order to get those pieces of information right on sba.gov that you can go to, you can click through it, and you can see exactly what you need. Yeah, and and it was really important what you said about non-hype source because when you talked about the government is having problems getting people to pay attention, well, really anybody, it's it's a lot of times it's because wolf has been cried so many times and nothing happens. But the one time you ignore it and it's it, you really should have paid attention, you may not have a second chance. <laughs> the other thing is that they expect the expectation of the average individual on the information that they are getting is really ridiculous at times. They think that it should be accurate to within a pinpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, my clients that pay us Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of dollars, they darn well expect that and they have the right to. And if we weren't accurate on a very regular basis, saving them a lot more money than what they spend with us, well, we wouldn't have clients writing a check the next year, much less 10, 15, and 20 years, year after year. Exactly. However, the average individual needs to realize that 
the National Weather Service is not going to sit there and call you at the corner of Johnson Drive and read and say, by the way, get out of bed because it really is you this time. Mm -hmm. And it is an unfair expectation that that's what you're going to get. So whenever you are in the path of some sort of a, of a tornado, weather uh, that is that is bad, uh, whatever it might be, you if you have that plan, you know, as an employer, if you have that plan and you have gone over it with your employees, done the training so that it is be- does become their reaction as opposed to uh, what do I do now and waiting and sitting there listening for the first time for directions and guidance, then you it becomes more reactionary. You you got. Uh, you know what you need to do, the actions that you need to take. Um, one of the things, though, that a lot of people forget, let's say that they've done what they need to do, they've trained their staff, uh, they have the emergency plan. Another piece that's overlooked sometimes is what happens after the emergency. Let's say you were one of those uh, that was in the path and, and you got hit. Um, a lot of times you don't have all cell phone numbers for all of your employees. You don't know how to account for them because you might have gotten them out okay, but there's no central roundup place. I mean, talk to us about that a little bit, the afters. And your cell phones, again, not being smart enough, a lot of times you don't have your cell phones operational at that point. So talk to us about afterwards. Exactly. Business continuity is a major issue whether you are a large corporation or even worse for a small business because we tend to have a little less documentation and plans and procedures than the larger businesses. You'd best plan to be on your own for at least three days. That's what FEMA says. Really? Absolutely. That's as an individual. What do you mean by be on your own? Without water, without electricity, without any of the basic sources that you forget are provided for you through other governments, utilities, etc. So you need to make sure that you have enough water, electricity, etc. on hand. So then that comes the question, this comes, uh, here comes a question. How are you going to manage your receivables? How are you going to get your bills out? Do you have a plan for an off-site location that isn't anywhere near where you could possibly get hit? Who takes over? What is your disaster recovery plan? Worst comes to worst, you put it into effect and someone else takes over at another location, even if it's simply making sure that all of your proprietary products and QuickBooks and all of that are accessible from another location and somebody there can access it. Mm -hmm. That is really critical because if you think that your suppliers or the people whom you supply are going to give you much empathy... Right, right. It, once the media um, coverage blows over, they still want to be paid. You know, they still want to be paid. They, yeah, especially if they're not in the area where the the disaster hit. You know, and, and a lot of us do send out bills and, and so forth to people who are who are out of that of our immediate area. So again, the empathy is not going to be there, and if you're going to owe that money, exactly. Yeah, or or. You may need to be as you, the other side of it is you may need to be sending out invoices to people who you know the critical money you need to keep going. The quick thing you can do and the best thing your smartphone can do for you right this minute is turn on that camera and just circle around in a video or in a picture and take a picture of every single piece of equipment ah, good advice. and every piece of 
property that you have and email that to yourself, to Google or someplace else that will always be accessible because you need to have that for your insurance. Great advice. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back to talk about the upcoming storm season and the outdoor events that we're all going to be attending. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Hot Talk Radio 1510. We'll be right back. Do you practice entrepreneurship? Intrapreneurship? Do you know how to show what you know? Benedictine College Executive MBA program has been the launching pad for many successful innovative products, services, and ventures. As the only one-year executive MBA program in Kansas City, our conveniently located North Johnson County campus and weekend class times will fit your busy schedule. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to learn more about our program. Hi, I'm Jason Lofton, CEO, President of QTI Incorporated. Every Friday, we discuss ways for small business owners to prosper and excel in their industry. So join us every Friday, 10 a.m. Central Time, right here on the Small Business Thinking Bigger Radio Network. Hey, folks, this is Bill Brelsford from the Sales and Marketing Answerman. If you're looking to take your marketing to the next level, but you're not quite sure where to start, let me encourage you to sign up for a signature brand audit. Together, we'll take a look at what you're doing now, where you want to go, and we'll create a plan for getting you there. This $250 value is yours free as my way of saying thank you for listening to our show. To sign up, give me a call at 913-962-9261 or visit my website at www.rebarbusinessbuilders.com. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking today with Sarah Croak, who's the president and founder of Whether or Not. It's a private meteorology company. And Sarah, you were talking with us before we left about the value of having an emergency preparedness plan, whether it's weather-related or otherwise. Uh, we all know about the uh, Boston Marathon, for example, the disruption there, as well as uh, you know 9/11 and, and other things that are, are man-made essentially. But what I want to talk about for just a minute here is how you accomplish all this. I mean, you told us earlier what you do. You can pinpoint weather in certain areas, but but how do you do that? How do you accomplish that? The first thing you have to do in meeting with the client is find out what are their pain points. Because as any business owner knows, if you're not providing the pain pill and you're only providing the vitamin, why is anybody bothering right. to write you a check? Exactly. So what are their pain points? You then integrate that into your weather center. So when your meteorologists are looking at the weather, for example, if there are going to be sprinkles or light rain showers, we know that certain construction companies, and certainly the Royals don't have to worry about the St. Louis Cardinals do not have to worry about a very light rain shower. Mm -hmm. We do know, however, that our roofers may worry about that. So how much can they get done? Are they going to stay open? Are they going to try to open this type of thing? And once you evaluate the pain points and you match that up, the meteorologists that we have 24-7 in our weather center, what they are focusing on is not just what the weather is going to do and what 
where it's going to do it and what time it's going to do it. It's how is it going to impact the client's work, mm-hmm. the client's safety threat, and how much time do they need before that impact in order to be aware of it. So we might email or text. We might have to pick up the phone as we did a couple of weeks ago before the University City tornado hit Mm -hmm. at 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. Or during the winter time, we have to call all of these cities and let them know before rush hour, which fortunately in all the times that we've seen the state DOTs have bumper cars, sadly, all over the place this year, this winter, none of our cities were having any problems mm-hmm. because our meteorologists called them at 1.30 or 2.30 in the morning to let them know that gives them time. It's a pain point when we see that the temperature on the pavement is going to drop below freezing before the rain which has ended Evaporate. Exactly. That's a slick problem. So that's what you have to do. You have to take what is the impact that the client tells you they have and what is the time frame they tell you they need in order for them to mitigate their risk. Right. Put that into the formula with the meteorologist saying, oh, yep, I've got to help so-and-so at St. Louis because this is what their problem sure. is. Yeah. So, so you have a, a whole procedure there, and then you also have, in addition to the calling uh, when it's really imminent weather, you've got a, a, an alert system, too, that can go right to your client's phones to keep them updated uh, on for lesser things, right? Exactly. Yeah. And for the bigger things, what will happen is maybe they have 25 or 50 or 100 or 200 people that they want notified, but, of course, because they are smart about their communications, they want you to talk to the leader in charge. Sure. Right. And that way the others are aware of it mm-hmm. and they're not surprised that the person who runs their emergency operations center, the person that runs their general construction projects, those people or let's say the people keeping on the distribution and transmission at KCPNL, they're not surprised that that person is going to be looking for them to exactly. help. Exactly. So let's talk about the spring season that's coming up here. Uh, We're going to be attending lots of outdoor events, and I I mentioned a couple of other events that aren't even weather-related. What are some of the precautions we can take? And again, knowing that most of our audience are business owners today, is made up of business owners today, uh, can you give us some helpful tips about outdoor events, especially business-related outdoor events? With the outdoor event, and it's very, very tempting, what do you have at an outdoor event oftentimes? Sponsorship. Absolutely. What does, when I say the word sponsorship, Kelly, what does that mean to you? It, it means dollars, but it means that they want people there. Yes, and they won't want you to cancel. Right. It's very difficult. So what you have to do is get a third party involved who isn't quite as emotionally involved with the, uh, with the game-ending revenue, but does keep that in mind. What you have to understand is what is the threat? What is going to bother your event? If you're going to have a 60-mile-an-hour wind, are your tents going to be able to stand up to it? It may not be rain. There may not be any lightning that calls, but, again, wind can be an issue. Wind can be an issue. What are your threats? Look around. Are they tents? 
chance going down on people can kill people. Mm -hmm. They can injure people. Another thing is that those little, nice little wooden chairs that you have, they can become projectiles. They can become projectiles. (laughs) As I said to a friend of ours, a, uh, a common friend of ours, they hold a festival, an Irish street fair, every year. And I told them, whatever you do, and this is a family mom and pop business, Brown's Market, the oldest Irish business in North America. And I said, whatever you do, don't set up everything tonight. So the next morning I was on the phone and I said, oh, by the way, those 60 to 75 mile an hour winds, they are going to come in about, oh, 1230 or so. But don't you worry, they'll be out by 130 or two. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really humid, unfortunately, behind it when you have to set up. But you'll be fine your event is tonight and we can tweet the heck out of it that all will be well because it really will be Mm -hmm. and I heard this person on the other phone gasp at which point I said you set everything up didn't you (laughs) (laughs) well you know the kids came last night and so natural and I said you have to tear it down Mm -hmm. oh we can't I said you will pick up every one of those chairs and tents out of the VFW parking lot in an hour and a half. And next thing you did was hear her scream, tear it, don't ask, tear it. And they did. They put everything up against the building, got it protected, got everybody inside, and then brought everything out yeah. again. And it was fine. And it was fine. Yeah. So so you have to, you were saying, you have to assess what could be your risk. So whether it's wind, whether it's lightning, it's, it's a big event and you're concerned about uh, the lightning possibilities. So that's the first thing. It's what are your risks? What are your risks and how long will it take you to get people to safety? Mm. Same thing goes with your business plan of emergency. Same thing goes with if you're going to go to a PGA event or a NASCAR event, The PGA does a 15-minute siren warning. Do you really think that it's going to take you 15 minutes to get back to your car? Mm. Let's be honest. Is this going to be for the fan or is this going to be for the players or the drivers? So assess who the organization is taking care of. I can tell you now that the Major League Baseball and NFL are starting to take their emergency preparedness more seriously, and it's good to see that. However, at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself. Again, if you're running the event and your business name is going to be attached to it, you want to ask, how long does it take you to get people to safety? That's when you've got to make that call. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to make that call and you're going to be disappointed but welcome to the world of weather. You sure. need to make that call and get them away safely. You know, we've been talking a lot about the outdoor events, but we have an event ourselves that the last two years we've just barely skirted, even though it's technically getting closer to spring. You know, we have we have been very fortunate that the big snowfalls that we have seen in late in the years, the last couple of years, have been right around the event and not the night of. But again, with the safety, it's getting people there. Even though it's an indoor event itself, you don't want people sliding all over to get there. So is there any kind of insurance that business owners can buy that's weather-related when it comes to events? Absolutely. Okay. You can buy weather insurance. You can buy it by the quarter inch of rain, the really? one inch of snow. Absolutely. And what they'll do is you are going to have to pay a higher premium 
for the lower amount of precipitation that it's going to take in a fewer hours. So you need to make sure that the window, and sometimes it's not just the window of the time of the event, it's the window of when people might make the decision. Yes. Years ago, the Kansas City Blues Society had a major pub crawl for Mardi Gras, and they would be concerned about what is the snow going to do at, say, 7 or 8 o'clock when things get rolling. And eventually they learned the real problem was if they had snow on the way home. Why? If snow was going on while people were in rush hour, Mm -hmm. then they got to their houses and said, oh, the heck with it, I'm going to stay there. So they needed to think about their snow insurance policy. So, Sarah, if anybody would like to talk more with you about these types of issues, uh, emergency preparedness, uh, what to do if you're planning an outdoor event, uh, or they're interested in your your, uh, weather services, how would they get in touch with you? They can call us at 913-722-3955 or 1-800-WXORNOT. Guess what WX stands for? Or go to weatherornot.com. Sarah, S-A-R-A, at weatherornot.com. Happy to have the conversation. Whether it involves us or not, happy to chat. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for providing such critical insight, especially at this time of year. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.